Hello and welcome back to another episode of Binge List and Box Office Hits, the podcast about all things film, TV and streaming, with your host, Shannon Holiday, and me, Letitia Thomas. And welcome back to another episode of Binge List and Box Office Hits. I am your host, Shannon Holiday, and I'm joined once again by the lovely Letitia Thomas. Hello, how's everyone doing? I'm hoping good. I'm hoping as good as we are. We've had a pretty fun morning so far. We're probably like overtired and had coffee, so we're all giggly. Absolutely. I stayed up last night pretty late uh, getting this organized, and we decided to do this very early this morning. It's yes, like Shannon decided to take me back to Ikea, which I think is a mistake, but he seems to think it's a good idea. We've given you sugar and we're taking you to Ikea. It's going to be a, <laughs> an interesting afternoon. Yeah, but I don't have Carly with me, who's a mutual friend, and yeah. she and I just bounced off each other for That was like two, hours. two, three hours of you, you guys straight at Ikea. It was literally like, this is why I don't want children. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> We'd look at the kids and we're like, oh, look at us, we're doing the same thing. And yeah. it didn't flag in our heads as not, like, not we should all. be adults. I was like, no, let's go get, let's go sit down and get food. I don't know what Ben's parents thought of us. Interesting. That's what I would imagine. Interesting. So yeah, straight after this, we're going to Ikea and we're going to try and plan to set up the uh, podcast room a little bit better. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Get it uh, properly with a new table. We're probably going to have plans to get a new neon sign popped in with the little logo. This is taking off. This is going to be a huge thing. And this is when we're going to start recording properly with video. I think once we get it into the room properly, because this is at the moment, you guys can't see this, but we're. We've been recording for the past 16 weeks, literally on my, uh, what, dining table? Yep. Yeah. That's what it's called. Yep. It's a dining table. And it's been working, but, you know, most weeks I have to take all the podcast stuff off if I want to eat food or if I've got people here who want to use it as well. It's just not ideal. So we're just hopefully trying to get into a spare room we've got at my house, set it up with a proper table and stuff and get this recording into a proper recording room. So it should be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll let you know how we go. Shannon mm. might disown me after this Ikea trip. Uh, you're not getting back on the It's car. a solo podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which will be happening in a couple of weeks anyway. All right. I think we should get into what we've been watching this week. I uh, think so. I didn't watch nearly as much as I had planned, but, you know, that happens. I had a strong week mm-hmm. i think we'll just talk about the ones that aren't we, relevant yeah. in the top 100 because we watched a bunch of those so yeah what did you watch that wasn't shannon so for me i watched the season opener of futurama I watched is this, that the new one yeah the new one came out it was on the 24th so last monday the new episode came out episode one um because i'm a fan of futurama or i wanted to check it out and see, yeah, what, see what it was like yeah it's simpsons basically in but space yeah in space it was really good. It was very tongue-in-cheek about like a rebooting the streaming wars kind of situation, um, heavily allusions to that. Um, and it just has – yeah, it was really good. I would definitely recommend checking it out because um, you know how it's moved to Hulu now. Even yeah. though in Australia it's just Disney Plus, but they're connected here. They literally go to a place called Fulu <laughs> and it's like – F-U-L-U in the same logo style. And it has a little like sign on the side of the building and it's like um, office space for rent, $12.99 or like with ads, $6.99 and like to rent out in the office. It's just like little like tongue in cheek. That's cool. I love animators. They always, I feel like animators chuck more in than any like Yeah, little sight gags. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, 
worth if you're a fan of Simpsons, Futurama, like in the past, you're gonna like this one. It was more of the same. All the same voice actors are back. Like you're not losing anything from the original series. It reboots itself really quickly from the ending of the last time it was cancelled. Um, so you're back into the fray, back into how it exactly was before. Worth checking out. It comes out weekly now. So every Monday in Australia, a new episode will come out. Okay. I might look. I don't know if I'll check it out because I didn't watch it religiously when it was on air, but I did watch. I feel like I watched enough of it. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, but yeah. It's it's probably good. It's not like those series that are coming out, you know, like here's a whole season and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, probably not going to sit through that. I'm not super invested, but if it's one a week, they're only like 20, 22 minutes. Just reckon, a bit of fun. I can chuck it on. If you're cooking or something in the background or doing something and you don't want to just intently watch it, chuck it on. It's it's worth it. What about you this week? Um, well, I'm going to talk about one that I watched last week and completely forgot about. Yeah. Um, I watched Nimona, which is like an animated movie based on a graphic novel of the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally forgot I watched it last week. It's starring Chloe Grace Moretz and Riz Ahmed as the two leads. Um, and so it follows Nimona, this like mischievous little shapeshifter. I think she's sort of time traveler cause she sort of exists in like a longer timeline than most humans. Um, and she teams up with a recently excommunicated knight, um, Ballister Boldheart. And, um, yeah, so she's like wanting to cause chaos in this like kingdom and he's just had an accidental falling out with his lover, secret lover, one of the other knights and, um, like the whole like royal army kind of thing. So he is desperately like wanting to get back into it and she's kind of been burnt by the society and they just team up and run amok. I loved it. I thought it was like really just like sweet but not like cheesy sweet. Yeah. yeah. I, it's um, an easy watch. I've added this to my watch list on Netflix. I've flicked past it a few times and just haven't had the moment to sit down and watch it, but it, it looks like it's something right up my alley. It reminds me of that – um. I forget what it's called. It's that League of Legends animated show that they have on Netflix as well. Arcane. Mm, Looks it might a be, very it similar, might be similar style of animation, which is why I was like, oh, I'll watch this and check it out. Um, you've definitely made me want to – I'll probably watch it this week, I reckon. Yeah, it it's it's an easy watch, yeah. but it's not, like, easy in a – It's like, getting great praise. Ways. Yeah. Yeah. It was just fun. Yeah. So I watched that last week. Sometimes that's all you need when you're watching a movie is just, oh, I just want a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Not going in deep or anything, but – Yeah. Uh, Next thing I watched that wasn't part of the topic was I watched the next episode of Secret Invasion. So I'm still slogging through this. It's I'm not engaged. First episode ending was like, oh, okay, I'll keep watching. And then it kind of started the second episode when I watched it this week. I was like, yeah, okay. I don't know. I I I'm hearing a lot of things on the um on the web about where this show goes. And it's not making me want to keep watching it. Like, I know I will finish it by the time Marvels comes out just because I want to see where Nick Fury ends up before that starts, which, you know, like we said last week, is a chore. Yeah, it's it's not amazing. It's not not amazing. That's all I can say, it's really. It's just sad when it's like that, isn't it? But what I will say is, and I we didn't pop this in the news, but I'll add it in this bit because it's basically MCU TV show related. Uh, they did announce the date for Loki Season 2. Oh, good. So October 8th is um, when that comes out. And that's like the one show that I've gone top quality. This is it. This is top tier. This is great. Season one of Loki, I could watch that again and again. So I'm hoping that is at the same level of quality because all the other TV shows from MCU for me has kind of fallen short, unfortunately. There's a few ones that are better than others, but yeah, that one's that one's the top tier one. But yeah, 
I watched a bit more of The Bear this week as well. I think I've got maybe two or three episodes left. I'm really enjoying it mm. this season. It's it's very different from the first. Is it? Um, it follows directly on. Yeah. Um, the first season was mostly um, them all together in the kitchen. So it was their dynamics yeah. with, with each other. Um, the second season, they're all kind of off on their own journey a little bit. Mm. Um, they come back together, but they have sort of singular episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit, the pacing's a bit different, but I'm enjoying where it goes and what you learn about each of the characters as they're mm. learning something about themselves and growing and developing and stuff like that. So yeah, it's been really good. There was one episode that I like almost didn't get through. Um, they do a Christmas episode. Oh, okay. And it's longer than normal. Yeah. And it just shows you the chaos in this family mm. um, and it doesn't let up. Like the whole hour, it just, the tension just, like they do it really well in the show, building tension into it. So you feel like you're in the room with them. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm not in the mood to be watching this right now and it's Anxiety not stopping. Yeah. No, like genuinely, it's so good. Um, I don't want to spoil anything by like going right, right into it. But yeah, yeah the, it's a solid show, like yeah, okay. genuinely a solid show. I've noticed this a lot and I was just from what you mentioned just before is obviously season one is all about them and their dynamic all at once. And then season two is like obviously their individual stories or like relating to stories of other characters that are introduced in season two. So many shows do that. I have noticed. It's it more is common a, now it's than it has ever been. such a trope of like TV. It's like here's the dynamic of all your main cast, season one. Season two, how we introduce those people that you've come to know and you're obviously connected to with new characters, what's that new dynamic going to be like? And then season three, usually something else changes, like usually a new location or something. It's, it's yeah, it's such a commonality. I've noticed it with so many shows. Yeah, and I mean, they never really used to. Tiro, mm. TV used to be more like serialised yeah, with the like, 25 cheers. episodes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you'd only learn little tiny bits. Usually it wasn't character driven in the mm. same way. Like if you're looking at like a crime procedural that used to be like 25 episodes or mm. whatever, you'd have like the case of the week or like the overarching story mm. of the season, but you'd only just learn little little glimpses about who these characters were pretty much, apart from the the, the main lead, mm. as the show was going on and like four seasons in, you'd be like, oh, this one's dad was like a this. And you're yeah. like, what? And suddenly it informs you. But now TV's so like, it's shorter mm. and it's very much character driven. So you almost know everything about them in the first season. Yep. And then come season two, they're like, what do we do with them now? Yeah. Usually, so, yeah, usually it's introduce someone else, like new characters and, mm-hmm. and, and see how they relate to that and see how you feel about that. Sometimes I miss the little bits of mystery you got with yeah. characters. Depends on the type of show. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, next for me is I had to have a break from watching something out of the top 100, mm-hmm. but I was also still having the vibe of the 90s. So <laughs> I uh, ended up putting on The Last Boy Scout from 1991. So this one was starring Bruce Willis, Damon Wayans, Chelsea Field and Danielle Harris, Halle Berry, <laughs> and it was uh, yeah, it was really good. It was one of those silly '90s action, like R-rated action films with a bit of comedy chucked in as well. And it's just not done like that anymore. Um, so it's basically the story of like uh, this girl is murdered by by some people, and Detective Joe Hallenbach is supposed to be protecting her. Um, the boyfriend of the murdered girl attempts to investigate and solve the case. This is Damon Waynes, who plays that uh, that character. What they discover is that there is a deep-seated corruption going on between a crooked politician and the owner of a pro football team. So Damon Wayne's character is an ex-football. Is it a little bit 
comedic with him being a Wayans brother? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not like super, but like it's got moments of like yeah. comedy chucked in there and he obviously gets comedy because yeah. Damon Wayans. It's just really good. And and Bruce Willis plays like like that really hard-boiled detective, washed-up cop. Like he, his opening scene is him sleeping in his car because he's apparently on a stakeout, but like kids walk up to him and like smell him and he's like, he's been drinking. But he's, yeah, so there's that whole like he's a washed-up detective and then he feels like a sense of guilt when he's supposed to be protecting this person who ends up getting killed. They both team up because they both want to find out what's happening. And then, you know, the driver of the story is from there. It's it's very 90s again, which is exactly what I wanted. Just that sit down and just like, cool, I don't have to think too hard about this action film. What I'm getting is on the screen. There's no metaphor or anything. And, yeah, I enjoyed it. I might have to watch it because I, I do love a good 90s film. There was a, I well, I watched like two, two this week that I would. Maybe not seen as many as I should have. I'm not really sure. Because, mm. like, I bought, like being born in the late 90s, you watch some of them as you get older, but yeah. you don't – it's not like they're current. No, so this is me. This is, like, a little bit of nostalgia because of the vibe. Like, I haven't seen this before, but I get what mm-hmm. I was going to get from it. Um, and that's what I wanted. Just that 90s feel. That's what I've been chasing lately. Because I'm, like, I'm obviously seeing a lot of the new stuff at the cinemas at the moment. Like, I'm getting that as well. Like, seeing, obviously, Oppenheimer and, you know, Barbie and Transformers and Indiana Jones, we've all seen in the past couple of weeks. Um, I just wanted something else as well while I'm at home. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that at the moment. It'll probably change in the next couple of weeks again yeah. to something else. But that's just, this is the path I'm going down. And, yeah, I just saw that and... So it was an R18 flick. So I was like, oh, okay, it's, you know, directed at adults. The action's going to be pretty good. And it was. There's explosions all the time. Um, yeah, worth checking out. Cool. I watched one more. Well, I rewatched the film I'd already seen. I watched Bombshell again. Um, coming off the back of Barbie, I was like, no, nah, I want to watch another movie with um, Kate McKinnon and Margot Robbie. And, like, I'd seen it when it was in cinemas. It was so heavy mm. that I just sort of never watched it again, even though I knew that it was pretty good. And it's about the the scandal at Fox News with Megan Kelly, where she calls him out. Like they all sort of start calling them out for being like sex. They call them out for sexually harassing women all the time. And it started. It was sort of at the beginning of the Me Too, yeah, era. Um, and it's like it's all true. And it's just it's brutal to watch because mm. you know it happens everywhere. And I've, I've been meaning to watch this one. Yeah, it's, it's worth watching. Yeah. Like it's not it's not all doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. Yeah. Like there's moments of levity and stuff in it. Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to watch that and she said. Yeah, I want to watch that one too, but I hadn't quite got to it. I was like, I'll rewatch Bombshell first, give it a break, and then watch she said. But yeah, yeah it, and it, I think what's gross as well is they talk a lot about um, like Rupert Murdoch as, mm. a, as a character, but as a person. It's like gross, he was ours, you know? Mm. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. But yeah, it's worth like, watching. But like 100 years old now, isn't he? I hope he's ready to kick it. I hope so. He's, yeah. Rupert Murdoch, if you're listening, Australian <laughs> media man. Kick, kick the bucket. Kick the bucket, please. <laughs> please. Yeah, no, that one's on my list as well. It's one of the ones I've been meaning to watch. Recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone and it's amazing. Like Shalise Theron, Nicole Kidman. Just, yeah. yeah, worth watching. Uh, and my last one for this week is Executive Decision. So another action film from 1996 starring Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal, Halle Berry, John Luguziamo, and Oliver Platt. So it's very good. Also same thing. Basically the same type of film. Uh, there's this whole like ops team. They're sent out to find a nerve gas in like Italy. It's not there. 
they're um they like oh cool we need to find out more information kurt russell's character is like this spy intel person mm-hmm. and he's got intel to say that it got moved and on its move it's it's on a plane on the way to washington so they have this all like board meeting with like all the all the characters that have been introduced already like the spec ops team and him and they're like we've got to get you on this plane <laughs> before it gets taken down because they're going to explode it in us or whatever yeah uh the next thing after that is they all get put on this like stealth bomber like you know those ones that are like black and really flat yeah. they get chucked on this stealth bomber and they get introduced to kurt russell's character the spec ops team like who's this james bond character because he's wearing like a suit so they're like really not connected at first like the team and him and as they're getting on the stealth bomber and they they're trying to board the the plane it's just an airliner plane they do this thing where, like, the plane goes, like, the, the bomber goes underneath it and they've got, like, a tube that connects up to the <laughs> bottom hatch. And it's all, it's just, it's all, like, miniatures that you can kind of tell. <laughs> yeah. And they've got to quickly get up through, the, like, the little tube in between. And just as, like, the last person's about it's to get like up. It's like Augustus Gloopy. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's, like, his weird thing. It's, like, Steven Seagal, like, the because he's, like, the leader of the Spec Ops team. Mm-hmm. He's, like... Everyone else is up in the plane and as they're connecting, it's, like, it's like breaking apart because they're ascending and stuff like that. Um, Steven Seagal's like talking to Kurt Russell through the tube because he's already up the top. We're not going to make it. We're not all going to get there. And Steven Seagal's like, yeah, but you are. And he like closes the hatch and then like the tube breaks off. And as the tube breaks off, there's some like of the worst CGI I've ever seen of like Steven Seagal getting like thrown out of the tube in air. Like he dies. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's like a cutout picture of him and it's just like uh, across the screen. ever seen, speaking of, Steven Seagal, there was a car, I think it was a Carlton Dry beer ad in Australia with him in it. And he's like talking to this sheep. He's like, brother sheep. I don't think I have. I'm going to find it for you. Please I don't know if it's me. funny, but when I was like a teenager and I found this, Lost your truly mind. the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I probably haven't seen it for like 10 years. He's an interesting man. But um, I'm going to find it for you and we're going to watch it because it's so, it's like a 10 minute ad. It's Is one it? of those like oh, ads, but it's like an like ad. Cut it up into different. I think yeah. so. Yeah. We used to do those a lot actually. So weird. So um, anyway, if anyway, anyone's seen it, write in. Write in, please. Anyway, back to executive decision. Yep, sorry. So that's like the first half of the film is them getting onto the plane and then the second half is them kind of like in the up top parts of the plane and underneath and trying to basically get the terrorists that have taken over the plane. So it's very by-the-numbers hijack action movie from the 90s. My only gripe is it does run a little long. It's... Two hours and seven minutes. Oh wow! Which is a bit. It's probably half an hour too long for me. Yeah, for a film for an, of that for an act, just an action film from the nineties. One hour forty, probably max. So you need cut it down by half an hour. You would have had a really, really, really strong movie. Other than that, yeah, it just dragged a little bit. So still worth seeing because it's got some funny parts to it, and yet again, good action again. But yeah, it just runs a little bit long. No, fair enough. I think we're going to get into some trivia because the most part of the stuff that we watched this week was like the top 100, so. Yeah, we got more, but we're going to talk about them later yeah. anyway, so. Alrighty. Yeah. The 2016 movie, The Founder, tells the story of the creation of which famous business? Uh, that would be McDonald's. That is McDonald's. And it's a very good film. Never seen it. You should see it. Didn't even it. know it existed until just now. It's uh, It plays Ray Kroc and who is, uh, it's Michael Keaton. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's cool. very good, very good. For what movie did Tom Hanks score his first Academy Award nomination? Big. Big. You got it. 
It's one that no one ever remembers, and that's no. how I was like, I think it's big. Jack? No, that's Ron Williams. Philip Seymour Hoffman won the Academy Award for Best Actor for his portrayal of which famous writer? Jesus. I'm not too all over Philip Seymour Hoffman, even though he was in Boogie Nights, <laughs> which I watched the other night. Um, I No, I'm going to draw a blank. I'd Truman Capote, which I've heard ah, the name, but I don't know anything no, about it. No, I wasn't going to get that one. No. I wasn't going to get that one. Who played the character Samwise Gamgee in the Lord of the Rings trilogy? I don't even know his name. I know his face. Oh, hang on. Um, Do you want a hint? He I was, can't remember his name. He, I'm, he's in Fifty First Dates. He's in a lot of things. He, yeah, also I say he's in the Goonies he's too. In the Goonies. Oh, Sean Astin. That's it. Yep, you okay. got it. Yeah. Like it's in there somewhere. <laughs> it's it's somewhere steep in up. my brain somewhere. Look, I don't know if you've done this one, but in Star Wars A New Hope, on which desert planet does Luke Skywalker first meet Obi-Wan Kenobi? Tatooine? Yeah. Tatooine. We haven't done that one, but I was like, oh, that's a... Well, that's my watch. Sorry, I forgot That was an obvious well, one. What are the dying words of Charles Foster Kane in Citizen Kane? We've done this one, but it's Rosebud. Yes, <laughs> Rosebud. yes it is. Which actor won the 2001 Academy Award for Best Actor for his role as Detective Sergeant Alonzo Harris? 2001 would have been the same year as the Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. What else came out that year? Detective what? Uh, Detective Sergeant Alonzo Harris. Hmm. No. Denzel Washington. For what Like what movie? I don't know. Someone write in. Yeah, I'm going to have to Google that one later, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's three? all. That's all three each. That's three There's each. There's a stack of cards all over the table because we're struggling. It's sprawled out because we've done nearly all these. St- I think next week we'll do. We'll make our own. We'll have to Google some. We'll yeah. just make our own for each other because they're actually pretty good. And that we're moving into the news. Yes, we are. So the 75th annual Primetime Emmy Awards have been postponed due to the ongoing actors and writers strike. Um, originally, they were set for September 18th, which they're usually sort of around that date, um, but it's now been pushed back indefinitely, and there's no dates yet. Um, the last time it was pushed back was in 2001 after September 11. Yeah, saw that coming. Yeah. This was uh, this was writing on the wall with the writer's strike and the um, the actor's strike that no one would have been at this event no, anyway. So They managed to do a couple of awards before the writer's strike, mm. but I can't imagine they did very well. No. Um, nothing was really televised. Nope. Um, yeah, this one, how do you do an award show with no... <laughs> no one allowed no to be one there. No one allowed to be there. So... so. Like, do we just post out the award? What's the point? Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we'll just see how this strike goes. We're getting up to the 90-day the mark really? for the writer's one, uh-huh. not the actors No, one, not the actors. Yeah, we're coming up to the 90-day mark, which I think is nearly as long as the 2007-8 one? No. It's not? Well, I we're think getting- it went for a lot longer. I think we said, like, nine months for that one. No, we'll have to keep an eye on it. could be wrong. Um, yeah, look, good on them. Good on them for striking. Yeah. Um, everyone deserves to get paid. And like, I mean, it's all over the world. It's in every industry. Everyone's getting exploited mm. right now. But yeah, cost of living crisis is insane. Far out. So like, pay your people, please. Let's not use AI for art. It's ridiculous. <laughs> at the end of it, like, let art be sacred, no? Yeah, at least at least that. Jesus Christ. Another one for everyone in Australia. Um, bit of a tough one. Disney's announced it will no longer release physical media, DVDs, Blu-ray and 4K discs. Their last release is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy, which is pretty soon. That's in August. And then for any older titles, so that's Disney, Fox, uh, Marvel. like All of that. Pr- Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah, exactly. They're no longer going to be ranged in store. So basically you've got to get the stock before it sells out. Um, and I have fears that other studios are about to follow suit yeah, in I'm the not, distribution st- strategy and honestly it is i think so gonna break my heart to. 
Um, yeah. I have a feeling Sony is going to pull out, which means there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of physical media that Yeah, because that's be universal released. Sony pretty much. Yeah, so that's basically the other big one. Um, yeah, get your DVDs now, guys, because <laughs> this will be your last I just got my tax money. Buy all the DVDs. Where am I going to store them? In boxes. I don't care. You're about to go buy a um, shelving unit. Yeah, that already doesn't fit all the ones yeah, that I have. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's disappointing because I, I don't think this is a strong move for the industry. Not like I get it. It's a, it's a, it's a business decision for two reasons because A, they're obviously seeing a decline in physical media being bought. Yeah, that was probably always going to happen with streaming, but also it is a reason to get more people onto streaming anyway because it's like, oh, you want to watch that film? The only place you can watch it now, once it's been obviously at the movies, is our streaming service. And I think Sign up. it probably comes at a time too where a lot of people were starting to talk or you know whispers online and stuff as well like quick go back to physical media because mm. they're pulling everything from streaming. Exactly as well. So I think yeah. now they're going to be like, well. It's a twofold. Too bad. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah. That I've got the counter argument, which is, yeah, buy physical media because they are, like streaming services don't have everything all the time, all at once. No, you know? it depends like, who's got licensing. Exactly. And I could not be bothered keeping up with who's got the license for what movie. I'll just have it in my shelf if I want to watch it at any point in time. And that's what happened a lot with like early cinema stuff, like, you know, predating early Hollywood and I don't know a lot about the history of it exactly but so much stuff got lost because of rights and Mm. stuff and it wasn't able like people weren't able to get it obviously it was like you know the early 1900s so people weren't buying as much but point being like so much got lost because no one could have copies of it piracy is about to go through the roof Mm -hmm. I don't know what they think they're doing that was the issue in Australia when Game of Thrones started yeah because um, it wasn't easily accessible because no one wanted to pay like $40 for Foxtel. No, and I remember when I went to LA and I was talking to the executives at mm. um, Fox Searchlight, again, owned by Disney, and they didn't understand this. And I was like, no, piracy is huge in Australia because we can't watch stuff. And all these executives were like, yeah, but you just get the HBO app. And we're like, we don't get no, no, it. no, it's geo-blocked. And they're like, what? And I'm yeah. like, how do you not know yeah, this? <laughs> this is why piracy is so huge in our country. And we were just kids telling them this. Yeah. It's because we can't access your content. That's why it's yeah. pirated because there's no way to mm-hmm. do it apart from Foxtel, which almost no one had anyway. It was um, unless very were, selective. Your dads people. were mad into sport, basically. Yeah, basically sport or you had a lot of money as a family. Yeah. But no one really had Foxtel growing up. And yeah, that's where they decided to release like your, your big Game of Thrones and stuff like that, like Westworld and things like that when it first started. Mm-hmm. And it was getting downloaded in the tens of thousands because no one had access to it. And yeah, eventually streaming caught up in Australia, thank God, and that's why people don't download as much. But I feel like it's going to go back that way. It's about to. It's about to, yeah. Physical media not being available. And a lot of older people know some family friends somewhere who can download it for them, but what they don't know is how to use a streaming service. Yeah, no, um, exactly. I have people come in and go, how, how many DVDs will hold how many movies? Yeah. And I go, please don't ask me that. Don't, yeah. I don't know. And I know what you're doing, I will not but I cannot answer you. that question. Yeah. We sell these, buy it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, next part of the news is Sony has made several significant changes to its release schedule with Craven starring Aaron Taylor Johnson delayed from October 2023 to August 2024. It's a and big jump. Yeah, it's a huge jump. That's nearly a year. But the next one is Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse is delayed from March 2024 to indefinitely. Hasn't got a release date. The next big release on Sony's schedule is Gran Turismo on August the 11th, which the studio is hoping early test screening and word of mouth will help promote this film. Other studios are expected to follow suit with Warner Brothers expecting to delay June 2 
in the next couple of weeks. Well, I mean, look what happened when you can't promote a film with actors like Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion, they were had what? It was the dressed up Disney characters. Yeah, didn't really work. Didn't Although really it, work. that movie is getting high praise. Yeah, and that's fair. But at the same time, it's like what else is on in that kind of genre for young families? Not a lot at the moment. No, because the last one would have been Transformers, but that's been been and gone. Mm-hmm. It's just it's finished up now. So yeah, nothing really. And people don't have anything else really to go see apart from the few things because they know like everyone's aware of this strike, especially if you're in America where you know. Hollywood is yeah. yours and the kind of idea that like films are going to be delayed people are getting in what they can while they can I mm. think yeah I I'm not surprised by this move by delaying their big like pillar movies for the next like year or so because they it's a business they're trying to make as much money as possible they release it now without those people doing those promotional tours as well so the big one would have been for Aaron Taylor Johnson they would have started prepping this um movie tour promotional tour with him probably now if it's coming out in october yeah two-ish months yeah basically so if they can't get him doing any promo let's delay it cool we got august next year that's just at the end of um you know the summer season next year yeah cool still got two months to promote that film and it's kind of like they were doing this stuff with covid so they know how to delay a business yeah. models They'll now. shelve a movie until it's ready yeah. to make as much money as it possibly can. And releasing it now, they've obviously done some projections to go, no, probably not. No. Yeah. And big things like June, June 2, and Spider-Man and stuff, which is huge movies for both of those, you know, studios. They're, they need to bank on those kind of movies. Your indie releases and stuff probably still come out. Yeah. On their certain time frames. Because they don't expect people to watch them anyway. No, no. Not in the masses. Yeah, it doesn't rely on that kind of heavy promotional tour. It's more mm-hmm. like it is that word of mouth. And here's my thing. Here, I'm I'm sad going back to the Disney not releasing physical stuff. Mm. Dude, we're not going to be able to buy Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. Oh, you're correct because it is. That's it's Searchlight. Fo- Searchlight. Yeah, Fox. Yeah. I've got all the others though. I know. That's what I mean. Uh, and like I haven't even seen, seen it yet because we haven't got it. No, we I think we're getting it this week. Yeah, let's. This week, next week. Well, let's look it up after this. We'll see when it's out. Make sure yeah. we go see it. Same with um, Talk To Me. That's yeah. out, that just came out. I've heard only amazing things. Yeah. I'm going to... For anyone playing at home, that okay. is an Australian horror that is being released by A24. So if you're into A24 movies, go see Talk To Me. It's an Australian-made movie and it's it is getting nothing massive. but praise. And um, on that note... we're excited to see it, but also like dreading it, you know? Oh, it's going to be... like I'm keen to see it and I'm not a horror I person. I know. Like I'm keen to see it, but I'm like going to be scared. Oh, it's going to be scary. Because it's, it's gonna all be like... Scary. It's like possession. Well, yeah, and I hate that. It's like possession. Like, no thanks. <laughs> I can, uh, yeah, I'm keen. No, thank you. I already I'm, see dead people. <laughs> yeah, too many times a day. So. <laughs> Not anymore. It's really depressing. My house is boring. Oh, anyway, I need to move um, again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Go to Europe. See Ooh. ancient ghosts. Ooh. We are going to Venice. So. I'm going to be scared. Um, yeah, so we're going to get into Variety's top 100 best films of all time. So they released this end of last year. Um, it's like a, a new list. Yeah. And I was like, cool, I'm going to see how many... I have watched and yeah. like a psychopath on Christmas Day because I was having a quiet Christmas. I sat there and I hand wrote down yeah, every single your one. Your list is across from us and you've highlighted and, um, which ones you've seen. And then seen. I highlighted them as I've watched them. Now I was going to go real big because I've kind of been working on it this year. Mm-hmm. Decided, okay, we're doing it. I'm going to go big. I'm going to have watched 50 out of 100 this week. By the time we um, do the recording, yeah. I just, I didn't have time what this week. What number did you and get I got, to, I got up to 48 and a half. <laughs> you were so close. I know. And then I just thought, who am I doing this for? Yeah. Like, I'm so exhausted. I'm not going to enjoy it. The, the audience is going to be so disappointed Two and a half. right now that you didn't um, get to 50. By next week, I'm going to have 50 and I will tell you how it all went. No, I'm I've, actually, look, 
I'm impressed with 50, obviously. I am impressed with myself. I, I got am to 28 films That's in this pretty list. Good. Um, you did a hard we, slog this week. This one I did about, oh, what, six or mm. seven this week alone um, of the of the list, which we'll run through in the next half an hour or so, ones that are worth, you know, watching that the probably general public could enjoy and then ones that, you know, your, your movie buffs would definitely love as well. And then there's some that are probably not even accessible even to, like, people like me and you, like us. There's a few like foreign films, a few like just hard to find films yeah. on the list as well. Um, but we'll go through all of it in the next half an hour or so. Yeah, it is something like I do want to get as close to 100 as I, you know, just go in general. Yeah. But it's not something that I'm sort of, I have to watch every single one no. today. I'm just kind of using it as a guide to get into some older films and watch some stuff that I definitely should have watched and never did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I started this year with like, around 30 yeah and then i was like no i want to like watch so you know buff it up yeah and you've been watching like one or two like every couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh, before yeah. this week we decided to do this one now so i'm i'm excited some of them are yeah really genius and i do think as someone who does work in the industry and, and writes a lot of stuff mm. i think it's good to to know your history and know what came before you and like they tell you that in film school but and it's exhausting in film watch in it. film school and they yeah. don't like give you an easy watch they don't go hey this one you should watch because you're gonna feel something from it Mm. and you know and it's a fun watch or it's an enjoyable watch they just go oh you should have already seen it how come you haven't and it's like because i was born in the late (laughs) 90s didn't have access to a lot of stuff didn't know what i should have been watching yeah um and then i get here and you make me feel bad about it but then don't encourage us to watch it's weird that's like our mantra of this show is you can't watch everything yeah you can't watch everything so watch what you want to watch when you want to watch it and enjoy it yeah just enjoy cinema enjoy cinema because it's it's a delight should we go through the easier watches first and generally have those questions asked for those and then move into I think so. I don't know if yeah. you've seen any others that I haven't seen on this list cuz I You've watched more than me. I just wrote out a list yeah. of the ones that I've already seen so that I can I can talk on them rather than talk about the ones that I haven't yeah. seen. That being said, there are a few that I do want to try and get to very soon cuz they are accessible, but Same with me. I've got about 10 more that I was like I could easy watch that. So I could get to 50, I reckon. So I went sort of backwards when I was writing this this list and yeah. I just went from like a hundred down to one and I just categorized them. Yeah. So the first one, which is number 97 on mm-hmm. their list is alien from 1979. Mm-hmm. You've seen this film. I have seen this film. Yes. I hadn't watched this film until a couple of years ago, actually. Same actually. And yeah. I it was, love it. It's so good. Just Most people have probably seen alien. I would assume the, the original ones. It's not action heavy. No, not at all. It's, it's more of like a stalker thriller thriller movie than like a horror or like an action horror of like the second one, Aliens. If no one's seen Alien and yeah. I would urge you to go and watch it. I know yeah. it's done in 79, but that holds up. It definitely holds so up. So well. Um, Sigourney Weaver is fantastic as the lead in this. As Ripley. I love it so much. Her and her cat. Yeah. What's the cat's <laughs> name? I forget the cat's name. Anyway, but yeah. watch Alien and not on this list, but go and watch the second one, Aliens, as well. Yeah, still thoroughly enjoy I haven't it. seen really post good. that. Um, I've watched the third one yeah, as I've, well. Yeah, Shannon's face just went, oh, and that's what everyone says to me. So I'm third just going to good grief. It's gonna go strong with the first and second and yeah. maybe watch some of the Predator ones at some point. I'll talk to you about what happens in the third one after this. Please do. Yeah. But yeah, no, Alien is genius. It's a Spielberg, yeah? 
The Spielberg? Uh, I know the second one's James Cameron. Yeah. Um, Aliens. I don't know if the first one's James Cameron let's have a still. Look, no, it's either. not. He wrote one of them, but he didn't. I think he might have wrote the first one, but he directed the second one. Something like that. I've got the scripts. The scripts are gorgeous as well. So I Ridley Scott, sorry. Ridley my Scott, bad. yeah. Someone go and shoot me. Um, so it was written by Dan. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, obviously, I didn't think it was Spielberg, but, mm. you know, Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusset, I'm going to... Right, wait. wrote yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, wrote it. And then Ridley Scott. Yeah. And it is just... It was just so pinnacle brilliant. for the time in terms of like what sci-fi could be. Mm-hmm. Like it was definitely like it's like the father figure of like sci-fi movies. Uh, a lot of like elements from that movie is you can see in like newer ones, you know, like in the eighties and nineties films that were getting made. Um, and that's why it's so significant. I think is because it's what it stemmed from that from yeah. that movie. Uh, the next one we've got is Toy Story nineteen ninety five. I would say most people have seen Toy Story. Oh, absolutely. Everyone has seen the first Toy Story. Yeah. Uh, great film. Absolutely fantastic. Just such a genius premise. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so genius. The voice acting by Tim Allen and Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, just so good. They work so well with each other. Uh, the, the differences in the characterizations of both of them, of Woody and Buzz. Um, the fact that Pixar, it was Pixar's first animated movie. Yeah. And it, yet again, it changed the, the course of cinema history with what animation could be i used to have a um when i went to disney i bought like i didn't really buy like many souvenirs but i bought a cup that is now broken because mm. i used it so much and it was one of those like um like cold drink cups with a straw mm-hmm. but it was the claw oh and it would light up oh, the claw the claw. <laughs> yeah. and i loved it so much but it is now broken so sadly because i was old enough to be alive during this film coming out yeah i was not i i think in 90 Either 95's Christmas or 96's Christmas, I got a Buzz and <gasps> a Woody doll no. for Christmas. And I had them for years. I honestly think we still have them somewhere, like my parents do, probably in their roof attic or something. Can and we go digging in your family's attic? I'll see if I've still got them. Yeah, everything still worked in that except for it. only, I think, towards the end of its life cycle, Woody's drawstring stayed out. <laughs> <laughs> like it's you can't, it doesn't go back in and do voices uh. anymore. That's but everything fantastic. else, yeah, it, yeah, they hold up. I've had that since I was like, yeah, six. Um, all right, another one on our list is Bridesmaids, two thousand eleven. Have you seen Bridesmaids? I have seen Bridesmaids. I think it's genius. So good, genius. I think it's one of the funniest movies mm-hmm. we got in a while. Paul Feig did it, yeah, um, which he's hit and miss with a few things. I, um, yeah, I was about to say uh, this is his strongest outing. Just so good. The cast was incredible. Yeah. Like Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Melissa McCarthy. God, who else is even in that? Like everyone is in Uh, it. Rose Byrne. Yeah, Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne's in it. Um, And I think it worked for comedy at the time because it let women be mm. gross and weird and and terrible and funny. Yeah, women. That scene where they're trying on wedding dresses and they get food poisoning. Good lord! Uh, And (laughs) one of them's outside, I think, in the gutter. It's uh, (laughs) It's so brutal. I just think. It worked well because it was also – it had a story. Mm-hmm. It had a, like, a meaningful plot. It was a drive of a story, but it also, like, it felt like it was, like, little snippets of, like, bit parts as well. Yeah. And that's what made it really funny. Like, it was little, like, SNL skits in between, like, telling, like, a, a drive of a narrative. I haven't seen it for a while and I really want to watch it again. Uh, yeah, I, I've been meaning to rewatch it as well. It's been a few years since I've seen it, but, God, it's funny. Just so good. Yeah. Um, 
moving on because it's a, there's a long list. So we're yeah, going to try and get. We're not doing all hundred, but there's still a few we're going to talk about. Um, The Shining, 1980. That's yep. on the list. Have yep. you seen The Shining? I watched that probably about two, three years ago. Um, Jack Nicholson, really good film based on Stephen King's book of The Shining. I need or, to read the book. Or The Simpsons, The Shining. Yeah. We don't want to get sued. <laughs> really good. Um, I want to see Doctor Sleep now. Me too, because that's Mike Flanagan, and I've been meaning oh, to watch it? it genuinely for years. Yeah, I might have yeah, to yeah. just buy it so that we can watch think, it. Well, buy it now. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I do really want to see it, but yeah, The Shining was just brilliant. Yeah, Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, whoever the little kid is. I remember watching Red this. Room. <laughs> Red Rum. Yeah, Red Rum. Because yeah, um, watching that. this in high school actually when we're doing like. Horror slash a horror, yeah. but we couldn't watch all of it yeah. because we didn't have time. And I just remember my high school teacher like fast forwarding through bits, but no. then she accidentally paused on the naked lady that in the was shower. The, the lady in the and shower, we which like, is the, the only we horror like, part Bleh. of it. It's and she's grotesque. Like, she's like, oh, please don't tell your parents that I've let you watch this bit. <laughs> fast forward. Um, oh, no, it's broken. Because it we're in high school and usually in schools, you couldn't watch like anything that was over PG. Yeah. So we had to get like a waiver signed. From our parents, like yes, they can watch these horror films. Yeah, okay. Um, and she's like, just maybe don't mention to your parents that I like, <laughs> paused on, the, it on, on this the n- bit. nudity scene. Oh, but yeah, uh, no, it just it's genius. I still don't hundred percent understand it. I feel like I'm about ninety nine percent in my understanding of that uh, film. All work and no play makes Jack. No, I get body. that bit. That's me after <laughs> my ride. I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, uh, yeah, I I do want to read the book. I think just to get a you'll probably get a more an insight into his. Yeah, his mind. There's also a reference to The Shining in Barbie. Which part? When um, when Barbie and America's mm. character, whose name escapes me now, they have this. They're looking in each other's eyes, mm. sort of talking through eyes, and their daughter goes, "Are you two shining together?" Right, I do yeah. remember that part. Yeah, are you guys shining together? So yeah. I thought of The Simpsons one of that, but that's only because yeah, because yeah, they're also parroting. Um, yep. But I think, yeah, if you haven't seen The Shining and you're big into horror, please go and watch it. It's seminal. Mm. Um, and also it's not – like it's not hard. It's not boring. It's easily accessible, no. I think. The only part I didn't get was the part at the end where it like zooms in. He's on, in the picture. He's in the picture. That's what I mean. From like the 1950s and it's set in like the 80s or whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is. Anyway, he's like been there for the 20s or 50s. trapped time travel, always got to come back type Yeah, vibe. I'm not 100% I'll sure look into that. it because I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The next one we've got is Pan's Labyrinth, which is Guillermo del Toro. Now, I think this was the first del which Toro film I watched, maybe just out of high school, I think. I haven't seen it. Freaked me out. The, I the seen hand it. and the eyes. I've seen that scene with the hand mm. and the eyes and eating the fairy, but that is it. I, You need to watch this. Yeah. It's it's scary, but it's not like I'm going to crap my pants the entire no, time. I'm scary. Handle it. It's a gorgeous, like more like gothic fairy tale, I would mm-hmm. say. It's in Spanish. So That's subtitled because obviously Del, Del Toro, mm. but it is it is gorgeously shot, mm-hmm. genuinely gorgeous. I know that um, she goes into this little fantasy world, which is kind of horrific. A little bit. Did you ever watch Coraline? Yeah, How I it's loved like it. A world inside of a world. That was kind of like kind of that vibe esque as well. Oh yeah, Coraline's. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was so well done. I didn't at the time, but I rewatch it. Yeah. Well, he, I have. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> my. Uh, Going on Coraline Spiel, my sister had read the book, told us how great it was. We all have to go see it. We mm. have to go see it. I don't think I'd read the book at the time. The my mum, my grandma, my sister, and I all went to see Coraline thinking it was like just a kid's film. And we were like, what the heck is that? And yeah. my mum and my grandma were like, what are you on about? And then I read the book and the book is, I feel like it works better as a book than it did yeah. a movie in that 
I don't know. I was like 11. It was a weird age to watch it. Everyone think like going into it, I just remember everyone was like, oh, it's the same as like the um, night before Christmas. It's, it's not. not. It's, it's way so darker. Weird. It's um, so bizarre. But yeah, no, Pan's Labyrinth. Back to Pan's Labyrinth. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I will check that out because I think Dakota, one of our listeners and good friends, wants us to do a Del Toro episode. I'd so be happy to do that. we could do that. And I think, yeah, that'll give me reason to watch that one. My next one is The Dark Knight. And I've put this on there because I know I've seen at least most of it. I don't think I've seen it all. You haven't seen it all? I could be wrong. I did a this superhero. I did an assignment on superheroes for genre. And I know I watched a bunch of them, but I was. Do you remember much about it? Honestly, I watched one of, I think, I I'm, I'm truly think it was The Dark Knight, but yeah. I can't promise you because I was part in it, part not yeah. really wanting to do it. I hated my lecturer. It was a whole thing. So I, I put I it would, in here because I believe I've seen it. I would suggest re-watching the Christopher Nolan trilogy. I need to. Because they the three of the films are the best superhero movies released, I in my opinion, and this is the best one of the three, the middle one. Mm-hmm. It is so standout, and it's not just because of um, the Joker performance. Heath Ledger. Yep. Heath Ledger's. I think I must have seen this one. I think maybe it was other ones that I part-watched. I'm not – I can't promise. It's just – yeah, it's a really good um, – Really good narrative. Action's amazing. This this story, the decision he has to make in the middle of the film, brutal. And I'm not going to go into it because you can't remember it. But no, yeah. I do need to watch it again. Uh, yeah, this is this is probably the best superhero movie released. I would say. Okay, well, I will definitely endeavor to rewatch that. If anyone hasn't seen it, also, you and me both, we're going to watch it together. Yeah, rewatch it. Um, the next one I've got on the list is My Name But Totoro. From 1988, the Miyazaki film. Mm-hmm. Now, I've not seen, and I've spoken about this fairly recently, so I won't yeah. go into it too long, but um, I've not seen a lot of Studio Ghibli films. I'm sort of slowly, every now and then, working my way through. I love this one more than anything. We still have to um, do a, a week of Ghibli, it's I think. It's so gorgeous. He's in a tree. I love it. I haven't seen it. I love it. I haven't seen it yet. Definitely watch it. I've um, been meaning to chain all of them. So. I won't go into it too much because, yeah, we just spoke about it. Yeah. But Get into it. If you haven't seen any Ghibli Ghibli films and you're curious about it and you want something like, like Maybe start sweet, with this one. cute and whimsy, yeah. Totoro would be my okay. my go-to. Um, we've got My Best Friend's Wedding, 1997, Julia Roberts. Have you seen it? No, Cameron Diaz? My mum's been pestering me since she listened to the episode where we did rom-coms and I said I hadn't seen it yet. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it since – like I haven't watched it yet. I've been meaning to – just because everyone's like, yeah, if you've seen this and like that during the rom-com episode, you'll probably like, you know, My Best Friend's Wedding. I'm like, yes, I'll get to it. Just haven't yet. Yeah, I would say definitely watch it. Um, if you guys are into rom-coms, it is one of the ones that's just worth watching. Yeah, it's one of the quality one ones. One of the quality ones. Yeah. It's funny. Julie Roberts, Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Like, you can't really go wrong. Like seminal 90s Yeah, I'm, I'm after a 90s theme at the moment. After so 90s. I might chuck it on. It is fun. Actually. It's good. Mm. Um, I've got 12 Years a Slave. Now I have seen this one. I watched it when I was, I think I watched it around 2013. So I was still in high school. Yeah. So it's definitely one that I need to rewatch, which is why I kind of put it on I this was, list. I was going to rewatch, I'll not rewatch. I haven't seen it yet. I was going to watch this last night when I was writing up. Bit heavy. Yeah, which is why I didn't. I, you know, was writing things for this episode and then I was like, no, I'm not going to put something on. I need to be in, like involved with this movie. I need to sit down and watch it by itself. So I didn't put that on. That's why I put on executive decision instead. Probably a better choice yeah. to be doing that. It's one I really need to rewatch. It came out at a time when people weren't really talking about politics as much as they are now. We were sort mm. of getting into this new wave of activism and yeah. stuff like that. And I think it hit a lot of people 
in a way that they, they didn't want to look at. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it tells the story of, you know, slavery in in the South. Yeah. Is, isn't he also, like, he's a free man and then he gets kidnapped and then sold into slavery? I believe so. From memory of the story. I don't want to talk it, about it too much because there's a lot that I don't remember. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm not even sure if I watched this one all the way through or if I sat in on it partway through, like, my mum watching it. Yeah. Because um, I was grade 11 when this would have come out. So I'm not sure, but I do, I want to rewatch it. And I think I put it on there as one that like people that aren't film lovers would enjoy well, because, because I it's think more recent. I it's think more it recent. Would, it's more accessible. And I think it's one people should watch even if they're yeah. not super into just like watching cinema. It has a relevancy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth it. And it's worth something that I need to rewatch. Um, yep. The next one I've got is Carrie from 1976. Have you seen this one? I've only seen the remake. <gasps> okay. With um Chloe Moretz. Chloe Moretz yeah. and um Julianne Moore as her mum. Yes, that's right. Yeah, no, I've seen that one. I um, love I haven't watched the original. Love that one as a mm. remake. Yeah, it's good. Thought it was it stands on its on its own. Yeah. Um Sissy Spacek in the first one though. Mm. Definitely I think you need to watch yeah, the original. Watch it. She plays a character a little different. Chloe okay. played it more like it felt because it was modern, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. only like ten years ago. But was it set modern? I think yeah, it was. It yeah. doesn't fit in the same way as yeah, if you as watch it. Um, 1976. 76. Yeah, okay. The Sissy Spacek played it more. It was more believable that she was super, super naive. Okay. Um, her mum was more like, it was more biblical right. type then, stuff going on. Yeah, and okay. I think it was a lot darker from what I recall. Yeah. Um, definitely, was, I think, okay, recommend watching watching that one as well. Because I do remember the, the remake one. And I did enjoy it. So I'll I'll be able to do a comparison then. Okay. Um, after that, I've definitely spelled it wrong. Um, Bambi, 1942. Did uh, you watch Bambi? I have seen Bambi, but it's not since I was probably a kid or 10-ish. I think I'd seen it a little bit as a kid. Don't yeah. really remember it too much because I wasn't a Disney household. Yeah. I remember watching it in high school. And Bambi's mom. Well, yeah, <laughs> Bambi's mom. One of my one of the kids made some sick joke, and my teacher was like, "It's real serious." I think I don't think she was a real serious lady, but she acted real serious in class with all of us. Mm-hmm. And just the dirty looks we got for, <laughs> for doing sort of that, yeah. we were fourteen, thirteen, so yeah. we were all like, "It was that right age to just take things that are innocent and make them sick and stuff yeah, like that." You do that as a teenager, and though. she was just yeah. like, "We're not having it. We're studying these films. They're worth it." Yeah. Stopping kids. Stopping, yeah, little, <laughs> Stopping little bratty kids. Brats, but yeah, Bambi. Everyone watch Bambi. Well, the fact that it's 1942 and like you could watch the the movie now with with the same animation it was made in and go, yeah. I it holds pr- up. I, it, it's it holds up. I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's one of those stories. You you kind of know at least that plot twist. Remember when um <laughs> you we all thought that, the was it the skunk? I can't remember his name. Mm. We thought he was a girl and then it turns out he got a girlfriend and we're like, it's a boy. Hang on a minute here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got to just now. Anyways. Moving on. Um, Moulin Rouge, 2001, haven't, Baz Luhrmann. Haven't seen the old Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge. Look, everyone's going to crucify me that loves it. I'm not a big fan. I appreciate it, but I'm um, not a big fan of- I don't of think I've seen that much Nicole Baz Kidman, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Ewan McGregor? Ewan McGregor. Sorry. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Yeah. It's good, but I'm-, I'm Look, I appreciate it for what it is. What year? 2001. 2001. Okay. Oh, I heard big, when it came out, it was big. I remember how big it was, just but I was 11. Not my not, cup of not tea. Not something I'm going to go out and watch. I just haven't picked it up since no. I've gotten into cinema. But so. if you are a fan of cinema, um, of musicals, definitely check out Moulin Rouge. It's worth it mm. for sure. 
Um, we've got E.T., the extraterrestrial, yes. 82. I have seen a that classic. one. Everyone should have Everyone seen should have seen E.T. E.T. Um, I'm just going to kind of go E.T. through because there's a long home. long list of stuff to get through. Yeah. Um, we've got Brokeback Mountain, Yep. which I think easy for people to watch. Not as controversial as everyone made, everyone made it out. out to be. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen really it. Really not that bad. I just, I will. Worth I watching. I haven't got around to it yet. Um, I remember mum had it on when we were kids and then it got to the scene where they went in a tent. She freaked out and she like quickly changed the channel because she like, didn't know how much she was going to like have show. us kids exposed yeah. to. And then I watched the movie and it's like, That's there's it. nothing That's to it. even <laughs> be. Yeah. yeah. It's really tame. Also, you got to watch it because Linda Cardellini's in it. Oh yeah. You did tell me She's that. She's one of the, yes. um, one of their Partners. wives. I can't remember yeah. which one. Yeah. Um, and Michelle Williams is the other one's wife, I think. See, good cast. Good, great cast. Great cast. Great cast. Um, we've got The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 74. That's supposed to be – I haven't seen it, but great it's supposed film. to be super iconic mm-hmm. for what it made horror do. Not as scary as you think it's going to be, so you'll be fine. Yeah, um, I've like, I've seen a lot of Saw movies, so I can handle oh, like a little Saw. bit of gore. It's yeah, and, Just yeah. it shaped slasher, slasher horror Slashes. in a and way. I, like, I think I, I enjoy slashes when it comes yeah, to they're horror. they're fun. They're fun. They're fun. I love the and Scream series. You know the – you know the beats, so you yeah, know what's exactly. going to happen, so it's so scary. So, um, we've got Titanic, obviously. I love Titanic. Me too. Yeah. Didn't think I was going to love it when I watched it, and then was I don't, like, very I could watch. I've watched it multiple times, and I could watch it again and just enjoy the entire thing. Even though it's like three hours long, I'm just like, it, this is, this is so, so good. good. So good. Um, we've got Moonlight, 2016. Yeah, I watched that one. I had COVID, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was in a weird fever dream space. Yep. So I watched... Moonlight. The best time for Moonlight. Best time for Moonlight. It's a very I, deep story. I love this one. It was awesome. It was really well done. It won Best Picture, rightfully so. Over La La Land. It, yeah, well, <laughs> awkward. Came at a time where I think we needed it yeah. almost. And yeah. it was telling a story that I don't think had been told a lot. No. Um, just, just it's, it's broken up into three stages of his life. And each stage is just like it's in a different actor at a different point in his life. And it's just done each, each time so well. Yeah. Yeah, I would recommend this to anyone. Yeah, I think everyone should watch this one. Um, got the Silence of the Lambs, nineteen ninety one. Yes. We spoke about this before. Well, I have. We've spoken about this already. Absolutely gorgeous. Watched it recently, my Phenomenal. favorite. So Anthony Hopkins. Mm hmm. Some of the best acting I've ever seen in that. Oh, film. just him and yeah. Jodie Foster, especially yeah. like sort of right towards the end. Yeah, the dynamic right yeah. before he escapes. Yeah. And when she he's asking her like, and what happened to the lambs? Did they stop mm. screaming? Oh. Chilling, right? So good. So good. Um, we've got Empire Strikes Back, 1980. It definitely is the best Love Star Wars. No, no Absolutely. doubt about it. Absolutely. We've got Do the Right Thing, 1989. Now, I want to talk about this. This is a okay. Spike Lee joint, as they call it. Is it the one you, you've watched this now? This is the one I pick bought it up. for yeah. $1.10, forgot it was on the list, came back, was looking through the list, found out it was on the list, was like, oh my God. Thank God. The right timing. I Is it his first film? No, but it was like his first big one. He hadn't yeah. done a lot before this. I love this. Truly love it. Mm-hmm. Just the whole like, like it starts out not so heavy, ends mm. up pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, I love when th- films do that where they like bait you into a false sense of um, oh, it, it did. <laughs> security. It and definitely, then, definitely. And it drops it on you. It did. So it starts out, it's the hottest day of the year. Yeah. And it's everyone sort of living in this small sect of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And um, he works, I can't remember his character's name, but- he works in a pizza joint that's owned yeah. by like Italian Americans, yeah. but the rest of it's pretty much a black neighborhood. Yeah, and he's just delivering pizzas and and whatnot, whatnot. Yeah, but there's a lot of like his Sal, who's the guy that owns the pizzeria. His his sons are a bit like a bit a bit of dickheads, really. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, no, these these guys like I don't care. 
they're black, but like I, I raised these kids. They've eaten yeah. my pizza the whole life. Shut up. It's fine. Mm. Get over yourself kind of thing. Yeah. And then there's like one of the guys on the block. He's like, hey, Sal, how come there's none of our people on the wall? It's all these like Italian Americans. Mm. And Sal's like, it's my pizzeria. I'm going to do what I want. Shut up. You can eat here. Whatever. So that's kind of like the vibe to begin with. You've got Spike Lee's character, Mookie. Yeah. He's kind of like this slack kid, kind of doing his job, kind of not doing his job. His girlfriend's like, hey, you need to come around more. got a kid. He's Mm. like, yeah, but I'm also working. And his sister's like, you're barely working. Kind of that vibe. Yeah. And it sort of descends over this day Mm. into like just insanity in the way of like, how racism mm. works. So it gets heavy at the end. I don't want to tell everyone what happens at the end and how it no. gets there because it'll ruin it if you do want to watch it. But it just, for 1989, mm. no one was talking about this. Yeah. And he manages, it doesn't feel why. heavy. It's not preachy, mm. but it is like, it's like a seminal piece. Everyone should see it because you realize just how pointless mm. it all is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, which, like, obviously, but no, like, some people need that, and I think it did that for a lot of people. And just how I'm gonna have to borrow it. Off yeah, you. I'll give you back three, and you can give me one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. My dollar ten is really yeah, like yeah, it's it's uh it's getting its use out of it. Um, but yeah, no. If anyone hasn't seen this one, I urge like everyone yeah. to go see it. It's enjoyable, and then it gets heavy, but not in a way that ruins mm. the enjoyment of the first half. If that makes sense. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and um, it, like it should be watched. Also, Spike Lee, it's it's genius. Yeah. Um, we got Goodfellas. We spoke about that recently. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I've been meaning to. Very uh, fun, kind of. get myself around a three-hour um, movie, Scorsese. That's fair. We've got Pulp Fiction, 1994. Love it. Everyone's seen Pulp Fiction. Tarantino. He changed the game in how yeah. he did multi-protagonist. True genius. Yeah, yeah. I don't love his work. I don't, like, I mean, I don't love his work overall. Um, have you seen, what else have you seen by him? I saw Kill Bill 1 and 2. Uh-huh. I've seen Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. And I've seen, seen Once Upon a Time? Time in Hollywood. I think that might be it. So you still got Jackie Brown. Glorious Bastards. Glorious Bastards and Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Is that all? Yeah, basically. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's it. So I've seen a fair few. I would watch the um, Django Unchained and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't H- seen that H- either. Hateful Eight. Oh, so you haven't seen... Oh, so you got a couple. Yeah. You got some of probably one of his best works. Yeah, well, that's probably why I don't love his work. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, like Genius. And then we've got The Wizard of Oz. And they're kind of... Wizard of Oz is... I've put that on there because if you haven't seen it, you should have. Yeah, these are the ones that anyone can watch. It's Any- super enjoyable. I know it's early, 1939, but like I don't want to hear it because it doesn't feel like it's that old yeah. when you watch it. Oh, I've seen it like two or three times. It's And that's just general viewing. Everyone should have seen it yeah. a couple of times. If you haven't, please watch it. Yeah. it it's enjoyable for everyone. Yeah. And that's all the ones that I've seen that are kind of easy watches. Yeah, they're the, they're the ones the general public would would have And then liked. I've got a lot that are not easy watches, but I want to talk about them. I'll go through some quickly, and then, Shannon, if you've seen them, we can, like, get into them if we haven't already talked about it, I think. Yeah, yeah, we'll go through them. Um, we'll go through them the same way. Um, we've got... We'll just dissect if we need to. The Sound of Music, 1965. We've talked about... Everyone knows I love it. Yeah. Um... Which I do too now. I thought it yeah. was really good. If you haven't seen it and you're into your films, mm. truly, what are you doing? I'm going to shame you. What are you doing? If you're into musicals at all. You should have watched it. It's so enjoyable. This. It's actually so enjoyable. I can't really speak. I only saw it like three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's that one. We've no, got- Parasite. Parasite, 2019. Yep. It's Korean. Have you seen- I don't you, care. you have seen yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think phenomenal. I watched it once it released. I think this was one of the first films you told me to watch, actually. Yes, I think it I was. I think that's how we got talking about films. It was one of the first. Wild. 
Yeah, Parasite. All the I way think. back. I was like, no, you um, need to see Parasite. It's, yeah, because I think I just started working with yeah, you. Yeah, And then I was waiting till it released on DVD because I'd missed it in cinema. I did the same thing. So I, I picked it up like as soon as it was released mm-hmm. um, in a physical format and I watched it there and then and I was like, oh, my God. I think that's how we movie, sort of yeah. got to talking. Chatting, yeah, besides the Linda Cardellini. No, that came after. Was it? Yeah, because I didn't know what to talk to you about. Right, I barely okay. knew. Yeah, so Parasite, I wasn't even sassy back then. No. <laughs> Parasite was our beginning. I think so. So, yeah, it holds true. I, it is a phenomenal yeah. um, expose on – Culture, and class, class, classism, big, big part on classism. But I love that it, it jumps so many genres. Yeah. In just completely, like you just don't see it coming. No. So if anyone hasn't seen it, yeah, watch it. And if you're scared of subtitles, at this point, most people are watching English language stuff with or subtitles. something on Crunchyroll. Something on Crunchyroll. So get <laughs> You've over yourself. You've watched an anime. So. <laughs> yeah. If you can watch if you, anime, you can watch you Parasite. You can watch Parasite. And um, it is genius. Just genius. I don't want to talk too much about it without... No. Spoiling it, but everything in it is just yeah, like Chef's Kiss, ten out of ten, no notes, no notes. Um, we've got Boogie Nights, nineteen ninety seven. Oh, I watched this this week. I want to hear about it. Oh my god, I loved it. So it is. I mean, it is set in the nineteen seventies adult industry in California. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it really stems down to is it's all about family. Basically, it's about Mark Wahlberg. He's like this young seventeen year old. Um, I think he's like Eddie Adams is his normal name. And this porn producer played by Burt Reynolds finds him and goes, well, uh, like just sees that he's probably going to be talent that he could probably, you know, use. And it's, it, it's basically starts with his introduction into what is basically their greater family. Cause they create this kind of like family dynamic. I think everyone that's an outsider to some degree ends up with their own family. Yeah. And this is very much an example of that. Yeah. And like he runs away from his like, emotionally abusive like mother Mm -hmm. um to be with this like um this company quasi family and um it's basically the rise and fall of his his stardom as well because he he starts off being quite successful in the industry everyone like knows his name he buys a house buys a car what was his name i'm trying to think dirk diggler that's it (laughs) dirk diggler what a great name. Uh, he Jay, picks that himself. Jay told me to watch this film. So, if Jay, if you're listening to this episode, thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's the rise and fall. So, it goes through, like, he's he becomes very successful over the course of a couple of years. It basically hits the 80s and it has that really iconic scene with um, William H. Macy <laughs> where he's constantly seeing his wife banging other guys at parties and he's just, like, so, like, over it. And then it hits, like, the New Year's Eve party on 1979 and he just goes and gets a gun out of his car, shoots shoots his wife and the guy who she's with and then just walks into the, the main part of the house where everyone's like, what the hell was that with all the gunshots? And then just shoots himself and it just cuts and goes, uh, it's like the 80s. As soon as he shoots himself, it goes to a black sc- title screen and goes the 80s. I'm I like, do need to watch this again. That's when it goes into like in the downfall of the storyline. Also, Julianne Moore's in this. She's, Incredible. She's fantastic. She's like the mother figure. Yeah. She's like the mother figure for Roller Girl, who's played by Heather Graham, mm-hmm. and also Mark Wahlberg's character. Yeah, and he gets into the drugs in the 80s, and he obviously can't perform as well as he can, and also he gets jealous by this new younger character who gets introduced for the like he's a new star in the team. So he kind of runs away from the family or gets fired, basically, because he has this like huge, massive breakdown in front of everyone, being like, I'm a star, basically Pearl. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, yeah, he goes into, like, you know, drugs and, and, you know, theft and all that. And I want to say this film is shot 
beautifully. Mm. It's a P.T. Anderson film. Yeah. It's Paul, gorgeous. Paul Thomas yeah. Anderson film. Definitely should watch it if you have not. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. I loved it. I would, yeah, thank you for recommending it to me. I thought it was good. The music's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's all 70s music. Um, I watched another one this week and it's on the list. It's Bicycle Thieves. Now, it's from 1948. It's yep. an Italian film mm-hmm. and it was known as like at the time, like one of the best films. It won an Academy Award for like foreign language film. Now, I wasn't really in the super in the mood to watch this this week. So, I will say I didn't appreciate it as much as it's, I should yeah. have. But in retrospect, I can look back on it and know why it was mm. brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's a story of a man, I think it was post one, post one of the wars or both. I don't know. I can't remember what time. Is it set in 1948? Because it would be the Second World War. But basically, no one's got money. It's after the war. Mm. And um, this man goes to get a job, but yep. he needs a bicycle to get the job. So, he mm. sells a bunch of his stuff, gets a bike, and his wife's like, cool, now you have a job. And they've got two young kids. One's like a little baby. One's like seven or eight. Yeah, okay. And he gets his bike stolen on one of the jobs. Mm. Suddenly he's lost everything because this is how he was going to set him and his family up. So it's genuinely just a story of him and his young son and a bunch of their friends that go to look for this bike. And sort of at the end, he goes to just steal a bike because he's just broken Mm. and he gets caught and his son like watches him basically get harassed by the people being like, why are you raising your son this way? Now you're a thief, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And eventually they just decide... We're just going to go on. Mm. Like, we're okay. Dad, like, kids still loves his dad kind of thing. But you just watch their journey yeah. while trying to find this bike and the, how it affects, like, both of them. Mm-hmm. And it's just a gorgeous film. It's super simple. Mm. But, yeah, just gorgeous black and white. It's yep. a bit hard if you're not super into films. Yeah. But if you love your films and you do want to watch some old ones that are kind of simple in premise but executed fantastically, well. yeah. this is one of them. Um, so that's kind of bicycle thieves. I don't have much to say about it. Yeah, I, I looked it up on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime to rent for like four bucks. Mm. So I was like, oh, maybe. I think I bought it for less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, my next one is Rosemary's Baby, nineteen sixty-eight. Ah, Roman Polanski's old original Roman film. Polanski haunted film. Have some you would say. you've seen it? I watched this one. This was one of the first horrors I watched out of high school because really? I watched a bit in school with slashes. Hadn't really watched it yet. Mm. My friends, we'd all just turned. Must have all just turned 18. It was one of the New Year's Eves. We're mm. at a friend's house. She drank way too much. <laughs> um, she was all like, no, I can handle my alcohol. You can't. She fell asleep. Fell asleep very early. We woke up for, for you know, yay, it's New Year's Eve. Like, mm. New Year's, yay, woo. And then a few people had gone home and there was just a couple of us left over. Mm. She'd fallen asleep again and we went, or she was about to fall asleep. We went, let's watch a film. I think she has Foxtel. So we had access to a bunch yeah. of stuff. Yep. And we're like, oh, we've never seen Rosemary's Baby Let's put it on. I'd never been to, like, I'd been to her house maybe a couple times, but, like, I'd never slept over at her house. Yeah, yeah. So it was dark, weird house. Scared the absolute <laughs> crap out of me about halfway through. Yeah. I don't know if her parents had come back home or not. Like, I truly have no idea because they'd been out. Mm. Um, so I wasn't really sure who was still in the house at this point. A remote fell off the table nope. and no one moved it. And we shit ourselves. I can imagine. And we were just like laying on the floor, like on our stomachs. So like it wasn't like, oh, we're like cozy and comfy. Like, is it that terrifying or is it just because of the age group slash where you were? I don't know. But I have seen, because I've been scared to watch it since because it's just so weird. But I have seen one of like the seminal scenes from it. Yeah. And it's surrealist. So it's just uncomfortable in like yeah. a what the hell's going on way. And what happens is basically she lives in an apartment mm. with her husband. Their neighbors are weird. Mm. You're not really sure what's going on with them. Um, turns out they're like in a Satanist cult. Mm. She gets 
impregnated by the devil. Oh, my God. Okay. So her baby is like the devil's child? Yep. Maybe? A little hard to tell what's going on. Surrealist. Yeah. Um, And then she has the baby and like the scariest bit is, and if you do want to see it, maybe jump ahead for like 10 seconds because I'm about to spoil some of it. You never see the baby. Oh. So you're expecting to see it because it's shot from like the baby's perspective yeah, yeah, and yeah. everyone's like looking in on it and you're waiting to see this like freaky ass demon demonic baby thing. You never see it. You never do. Ah. You never do. I want to watch it again, but also like it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, okay. definitely worth the watch if you're I'll into your horrors. I will definitely check that out. It sounds awesome. That's that one. The next one's In the Mood for Love, which mm. is foreign language. I put it on the list because I remember watching it in uni. I remember thinking it was genius. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you why. I don't remember why. You just so it. we're going to move on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Next one's Apocalypse Now. Now, which we spoke about last week. Which is definitely worth. We, we spoke about mm-hmm. it in depth, so we don't need to go into that much. So depth, gonna, but it's worth seeing. Yeah, definitely. 100% worth seeing. Should have seen it. Breathless. And I have a bout de souffle. It's French. Genius. Love this one. So this one was done by Jean Locke Goddard. I think I've butchered his name, but I'm not French, so what can I do? Oh, um, yeah, I you got it. Kind of. Yeah. It was one of the first films to spout the French New Wave. Yeah, okay. Um, like to re- like it was started before they did this film, but this mm-hmm. one really cemented it as like a genre that people were getting into. Yeah, okay. It had Gene Seberg in it, who was an American actress, mm. very political actually. There's a whole film they did on it with Kristen Stewart and Anthony Mackie, separate to that. But she, so she played Gene Seberg. But this film. Yeah. Is about Jean Seberg, who was like she's in it. She's American, but it was a, sort of the first time Americans, ex- uh, sorry, the French accepted an American as sort of one of their own. Right. Okay. So she won like a Cesar Award, yep. which coincidentally, Kristen Stewart also won years later as an American. Not really known to give them to Americans because yeah, so like, they're French and it's their cinema it's, and they yeah. know what they're doing. Just a gorgeous film, and it was also one of the first ones to bring like jump cuts. Oh, okay. Into like I've got like, you've let me on. borrow it. I will watch it this week. Yeah. So it's, it's one of the three I didn't get through. It's not the hardest film to watch, but it's also definitely not the easiest. That's fine. If that makes sense yeah, for everyone at home, yeah. like it's not. It's been some complicated films. Mm. I'll be able to handle it. I think. Oh no, I'm saying you're not. <laughs> um, the next one's Annie Hall. Is this Woody? This is good old Woody Allen, one Woody, of his Woody Allen, most famous. So. Yeah. Um, it's got Dan Keaton in it. She wears lots of suits. I've I've seen the pictures of it. I haven't watched. Good, it just yet. watch it just for her. My biggest thing. Like, I get why at the time it was genius. Woody Allen was very, very good at doing films with voiceover. Yeah. Almost one of the best to mm-hmm. sort of do that, um, which is why I watched a lot of his stuff back in uni because my lecture, it was when, it was he was definitely cancelled when I was watching these, like, big time. Oh, yeah. Like, people were talking, like, should we be watching his films kind of cancelled? And I went, well, yes, I think so. I'm going to learn from the best. Yeah. And then I am going to use them and I'm not going to be like a, a piece of crap without yeah. swearing too much about him. But yeah. um, yeah, definitely think it's an interesting one. If you don't want to watch it because you're not going to enjoy it because it's him, then just give it a miss. Then watch, not yeah, worth watch it. something else. Yeah. Um, but if you can separate it and you are curious, definitely worth watching. The hardest bit is he kind of plays like the bumbling, sniveling man who can't get girls and you're supposed to feel sorry for him. Kind of hard to do that when you know who he is as a person. Yeah. That's my only like political correctness gripe. It does make it harder now. Yeah. It's hard to separate the art so, from the artist when- <laughs> When he's in it. when And he's playing himself, <laughs> playing, who you're supposed yeah, to feel sorry for, exactly. for not being able to get women, and then he yeah. marries his daughter. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah look. Each their own, whatever. Uh, the next one is Eight and a Half, which yep. I think I spoke about yeah, last week. Yeah, last week, yeah. So if you want to know about I that. I did look it up, but just yeah. jump to last week because mm. we've got a lot to get through. But genuinely, 
brilliant. Mm. Maybe I would say don't start with eight and a half if you want to watch Fellini films. He's got a couple called La Strada, mm -hmm. which is The Streets, and then Knights of Kiberia. Definitely think Those two there's first. other ones he's done as well, but they're the two that I've seen. Maybe go to them, get a sort of feel yeah. for his surrealist kind of lens and then jump into this one. Because um, if you jumped in this straight away, I think you're going to be like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Rightfully so. You, you don't want to kind of sit there for like two hours and then have to either look something up just to get what the hell you're doing for two hours slash you want to enjoy it a little bit as yeah. well. So I'd get a feel for his work yeah. and then get the frame. know that this one's brilliant, but harder to watch. Yeah. Um, next, we've got Vertigo, nineteen fifty-eight. I was going to pick this up the other day. Have you seen it? No, that's why I was going to just grab it. Did you not? I thought we spoke about this. No, I haven't seen it. Which is why I was like, when I was visiting, I was like, "Oh, look, Vertigo," and you're like, "Yeah, what if you don't like it?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't. I'll just buy it anyway." I thought we'd talked about you seeing this. No, one. no, 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 no. I was going to pick this up, and well, like, <laughs> this and Psycho. I think I was going to grab. Well, I don't know what film I thought we watched and spoke about together. I don't know. But it's not this one. And Are I, you sure? No, I haven't seen Vertigo. Definitely have not seen Vertigo. Really? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not I, lying. I truly have <laughs> no, memory I'm, of us I'm both going, watching and talking about I'm it. I'm going to see it. So I'm it, crazy. Cool. Well, yeah, but also I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> yeah, genuinely worth Moving, watching. Yeah, I will, go watch it. I will watch it at some point. Next one is Network. Yep. One of those ones I watched and you didn't remember, so I need to rewatch it. I just put it on the list. I um, have not even heard of Network. Probably not. I will... Endeavor to look that Probably one up not. too. Uh, the next one, which I know you've watched this week, so I, I want to talk about week. it, yes. is Double Indemnity, nineteen forty-four. Now, yeah. I hadn't seen this film. Yeah. Um, I was in a tiny little. Well, I went down a tiny little side street in mm -hmm. Hollywood off the boulevard, mm -hmm. and we found a tiny little script shop that mm -hmm. sold a bunch of old scripts. And I picked it up, and I was like, I don't know anything about it. And I went, Is this good? And <laughs> the guy that was there was like, Yeah, it's Double Indemnity. Have you not? And I'm like, I don't know. Is it? He's like. Yeah, just buy it. It's good. And I was like, okay. So I took his word for it. Yeah. Went back and tried to read it. I don't think I got through it at yeah, the time. Okay. Then I think- It was because of I had read or? it first. I just think I wasn't in the mood. Yeah, okay. I don't think I- I can't remember if I read it or I watched it first. But one way or another, I ended up buying the film. I've yeah. got the script. Read it. So good. Look, I think it's a great plot. I, I think it's very well done. I think it's a good film. But I watched this off the back of Casablanca. Yep. Bit hard to do. I just think double features. No, yeah, it's not so much that. I just think Casablanca is in a league above okay. Double Indemnity. I think, I, like, I thoroughly enjoyed Casablanca. I can watch it again. I thought it was awesome. And I just, I, yeah, going off the back of that, watching Double Indemnity straight afterwards, I think I was just like, uh, okay, it feels the same. It feels very samey, but also not as good quality. And I'm not saying it's a bad, like, bad. I actually think it's quite good. Um, it was just hard. I was comparing, and yeah. I shouldn't have been. Basically, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah I, th I, I think the story's great. Love a good noir. I think so it's a good story. I'm impartial. The fact that, um, yeah, this lady and an <laughs> insurance agent plot to kill her her husband by doing an insurance. It's Barbara fraud. Stanwyck, isn't it? It is Love Barbara it. Stanwyck and Fred McMurray. Hmm. You don't talk about him so much anymore. No. And this is what I, I I spoke about you. I think before we started recording the other day, when I was like, oh, I watched these two films. And I was like, <laughs> how much like the hard-boiled detective slash agent, like insurance agent was like throughout early cinema. And these characters are supposed to be like, I think I was talking to you, to you about like their age and that. And it's like, there's like a voiceover on one of them saying like a man of 37, not married, no kids. And I was like, 
if that's what a 37-year-old looks like in like 1930s or 1940s, Jesus Christ, I don't know what's going to happen to me in four years' they time. They had a hard life back then. Yeah. And even the women looked older. Like I'll find a photo of my grandma when it's, she was I think for about the women, my it's age. The hair. I was looking at that and I was watching, I was, when I was watching Psycho as well, I was like watching Janet Lee, and I was like, She's probably pretty young in this, but like the hairstyle that's given to her it makes it look like she's like a 50-year-old just because of mm-hmm. that styling at the time, I guess. They it, definitely dressed what we would now consider older. Old. Yeah, exactly. Um, the next one is City Lights, which is a Charlie Chaplin film. I spoke about this last week, so mm-hmm. I don't want to go into it too much. It is the best Charlie Chaplin film arguably. Mm-hmm. So I would say to anyone that wants to just check out what really Charlie Chaplin was is, about. Yeah. Go and find this one. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like a say on it. Bonnie and Clyde, 1967. Is this? Truly love it. This was one of the ones that I watched right before I went to LA. Yeah. When we got about 100 movies to watch and a week, if that, to find and watch them before we went because no one thought to give it to us, I don't know, a yeah. year in advance. No, no, no. you got to see it the week before you go. And this was one of the ones that I, like, I mean, I knew about Bonnie and Clyde because I'd seen like the Warner Brothers skits at- yeah. Um, movie world in Australia, in the Gold Coast. But I watched this film. I freaking loved it maybe more than any film I'd seen at the I time. I thought it was Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway. Yeah, because I've seen the cut, like a picture of her and him in it. Yeah, no, like, if I've anyone seen hasn't seen it, and I know you haven't, truly go and watch it. It's one of the greatest, like, heist, bank heist films mm. ever made. It stands up. It's funny. It's full on. Yeah. Um, they nearly didn't get to make it because of how full on the shootout scene is at the end. Yeah, I've heard I've heard about that. Um, I have not watched it, but it's which it's on, now it's on binge. Doesn't look tame, but doesn't look as full on. Mm. But truly, like if you can go and watch it, will. you will have a fun time from start to finish. I'm so keen for it. Yeah. I yeah, I after watching Chinatown and seeing uh Faye in that, and I was like flicking through and I saw her pitch like she's obviously was one of the pictures of that film. I was like, I recognize that face. Yes, I'm going to watch that. I need to go and watch more of Faye Dunaway stuff because she is fantastic. She's great in Chinatown, but we'll get to that um, soon. But the next one I've got is Bringing Up Baby, 1938. I watched it this week starring Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant. Holy crap, did I have fun from start to finish. Cary Grant's great. Had so much fun. The two of them mm. together, just brilliant. Basically, Cary Grant plays a character who's trying – it's sort of – Sort of slapstick comedy, yeah. But it doesn't let up. It's crazy. The fact that they put that much stuff in it all the way through and it still works, yeah, is genius. But anyway, he is a like he works in a museum. He's trying to get a donation and he's trying to impress this guy. Yeah, he's going to give him the donation. So he's like on a golf. Mm. What are they called? Golf course? Golf? Yeah, not field. Golf it's course. A golf course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whatever. The golfing I'm field. Like trying to talk about that. <laughs> I, I don't golf. What? <laughs> And um, he runs into an irritating heiress, played by Catherine Hepburn. Ah, uh, yes, um, yes. Who steals his golf ball to start off with. And he's like, oh, Jesus, has it been another hour? Anyway, who's like, you've stolen my golf ball. And she's like, nope, this is mine. And so <laughs> she finishes the hole and then she goes to the car. She takes his car. She rams into her car. He goes, this is my car. You've just ruined a different car. What are you doing? She's like, nope, this is my car. That's the kind of dynamic yeah, they okay. have throughout the whole thing. He ends up getting roped into... Taking her pet leopard baby <laughs> yeah. to like her aunt's house. The whole, like, I don't want to get into it because it'll ruin it. Yeah. But the whole no, thing that's... is shenanigans from start to finish. And they are fantastic. Yeah. Just 
just funny the whole way through and so worth watching. And I don't want to spoil it because if no, I talk don't, about it, I'll, it's going to ruin I'll, it. I'll check it out. But you if anyone what? hasn't seen it, it's a fun one. What I, what, when you just mentioned Cary Grant just then, I was like, yeah, he's in a bunch of other stuff. And looking at this list, I was like, surely North by Northwest is on this list. It's an Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock film. It's not. It's not. How is it not? I don't know. I didn't love it. You didn't like it? I loved okay, it. Okay, here's the thing. This was one I was watching when I had to get through a bunch in about a week. Yeah, so okay. So that's probably why. I would work. I would rewatch it. It's so iconic. It's got that scene where he's like running through the field and I the, the planes know. shooting at it. Yep, yeah, it's used so many other places as well. Anyway, and it's a it's Alfred Hitchcock. Heck, yep. And, and Car- then Car- we've Grant. got The Apartment, which is one of my favorite films. Yeah. And everyone should watch it. Jack Lemmon, Shirley MacLaine, mm-hmm. genius. I've spoken about it before, so I'm not going to get into gonna it. Not going to go deep. But you let me borrow it. I haven't tried it out yet because it's one of those international might be region locked. But DVDs, it so I don't is know if it's going to work. So worth watching. Like surely, it's on a lot of people's like favorites lists. I I've can't seen. Tell you how much. So it's good. I'm going to definitely hope it works. If not, I checked again on Amazon Prime last night. Four dollars to rent. And then we've got Chinatown. Chinatown, take it away. Chinatown. So this is one of the films I watched this week. This is a Jack Nicholson. Faye Dunaway, John Hurston, Perry Lopez film, directed by Roman Polanski. It's from 1974. And as we discussed in the car earlier, it's written by Robert Town. Mm-hmm. So it's not actually a Polanski written film. No, which helps. It does. It's um, it's based around a private eye, Jake Giddies, who's played by Jack Nicholson. Mr. Giddies. Mr. Giddies. <laughs> uh, lives off of a murky moral climate of sun-baked pre-war two, Southern California. Hired by a beautiful socialite to investigate her husband's extramarital affair, Giddies is swept into a maelstrom of double dealings and deadly deceits, uncovering a web of personal and political scandals that come crashing together. I wish this was like maybe a month or two ago. Loved it. So good. So good. So obviously the plot unravels the more and more as Giddies um, kind of investigates as it goes. And, and I don't want to talk about the ending because no. it's a noir. It's supposed to be mysterious. So you, that's part of the journey. It's part of the fun. What I'll say is the once you finish the film, the ending kind of completes your going of, oh, I can see why it's on this list. Yeah. There's a real reason as with the ending. And then it's, it's laid as into why it's called Chinatown. There's a reason to why the things that happen in the film happen the way they do and the way you feel after seeing it. You f- you're supposed to feel that way because that's the point of the film yep. without going into spoiler territory because I feel like you should all bloody see this film. And look, yes, it's a bit old. Yes, Roman Polanski, we don't like him. Yes, there's a couple yeah, other again, things he didn't write it. that are a little <laughs> – no. They're a little bit like questionable in terms of race. Pretty sure someone is pre- – I think it's Mickey Rooney pretending to be Asian is not. Yeah. Look, point being, it's made in 74. 74. Okay, so you have to take that with the grain of salt. Mm. We've learnt from that now, so that's okay. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't okay yeah. then. Take it for the slice it was taken in. We're but ignore that while we're enjoying the film, then after we can talk about politically whether it's okay or not. Okay? But that's how does, we're going to look at it. It does make a good point of social commentary throughout as well about, you know, power and mm-hmm. race and all those types of things as well throughout. I love this one. Truly love it. Yeah, I thought it was the fantastic. I'm going to look to pick it up physically because I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. I Yeah. It's worth checking out. Anyone who hasn't seen it, see Chinatown. It's on Stan in Australia, so flick through, find it, put it on. And then we've got Casablanca, 1942. Shannon is like, yes, I watched this like a couple weeks ago. No, I watched that. Loved it. You, you watched did. it last night. I watched it a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, okay. I watched it 
Yeah, this week. And thank you so much for letting me borrow this. That's okay. I thought it was so good. I'm really glad that I did buy this and I I have, have it now. Yeah. Yeah. It's on 4K, so I'm going to pick it up. If you've not seen this one, you should watch it because there's so many – forgetting everything else about it. There's so many iconic lines. Here's looking at you, kid. Here's looking at you, kid. Start of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. Please watch these films so you know – of all Where the gin joints from. in the world, she had to walk into mine. Oh, love it. So good. Love it. Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, and Paul Heinried. Oh, love them. So very well done. I'm getting really into my um my old iconic yeah. actors because you hear them, you hear about them. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart's like one of the ones that was like, yeah, I'm 37. Oh, I was my like, God. There's no you way. You've got to watch him in. Um, <laughs> There's another one he's in, and I the, Maltese Falcon. Yeah, the Maltese Falcon. I watched that in high school. I'm about we to pick that it. up. Yeah, loved it. You got to watch it. It's a murder. It's a murder mystery. It's a noir. It? It's one of the first. Yes, noirs. I've been wanting to watch it because yeah. I know he's in it, and I know it's one of those ones where you're like, I don't know what's going on, but I got to watch. Yeah. So Casablanca, though, just yeah, it's worth the watch. It's basically it's about uh, Casablanca, Morocco, December 1941, filled with expats. Yeah, yeah. It's basically the, it's the last point before they can get back to the US. It's like the last airport for Europe, I think, because it's, it's not Europe, but it's the way they get back to US without, yeah. W- yeah, before the war, basically. Yeah, a cynical American expat meets a former lover with unforeseen complications. Definitely just watch it. It's, yeah, check it out. It's Phenomenal. And then we've got one that I made you watch earlier this year, and I'm so glad I did because it's coming up and coming up and coming up and coming up and everything. The amount of times this movie is referenced Singing in modern day in cinema the rain. is insane. Oh my god, I can't even think who's in it right now because I watched it so much as a kid. But I freaking love it. Everyone in it, brilliant. Yeah, genius. I watched it as a kid because my Gene Wilder. Grand, Gene Wilder, the other guy who I can't Don someone. Um, um Thingo's mom. Thingo's mom. Who's escaping me? I'm going to come back. <laughs> but I watched it as a kid. My grandma had it on VHS. It was one of the few films yeah. I could watch. And I di- truly yeah. just watched it as like little bits, little bits, little bits, mm. little bits. I knew each scene, but I didn't understand how it came together. Flowed together, I was yeah. in high school, which is embarrassing to say it took me talkies. this long. Literally, we're studying talkies. And I was just sitting in class and I went, oh. oh. <laughs> and every every single plot point that I knew off yeah. by heart fell together. Yeah, like, oh, this all and makes it sense. Good. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie. Yeah, Debbie Reynolds. It yeah. is a gorgeous film. I love how she's the voiceover funny. for the actual actress. It's so funny. Can't. And then the <laughs> can't. 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 It's so good. Um, it's not people. Well, I ain't people. <laughs> Lena Lamont. It's so good. so good how much cinema is, is it, like this is referenced in modern day cinema. Influenced like, we so much obviously cinema. have a really soft spot for Babylon that came out at the start of this year. Yeah. This is like Babylon's heavily influenced by Singing in the Rain. And if you've seen Singing in the Rain or and you can appreciate Babylon so much more from that as well. And there's other films as well that do. Every movie references Based, Barbie referenced Barbie's it. Barbie's referenced it as well. Yeah. Which is a common one I'm bringing up because everyone's seen it recently. But Yeah. Barbie Barbie took a lot of references from early cinema. It you just don't realise it was in there. It's oh, I'm yeah. just so blown away. But anyway, we're not talking about Barbie. Yeah, moving on. Um we've got All About Eve. <laughs> yeah. Which did you watch it this week? No, it's no. sitting over there. It was the next one I was gonna watch. That's fine. If you it's probably too heavy to watch that many back to back. I I was getting towards the point of struggling of yeah. watching that many early Maybe give early a break. Hollywood cinema in a row. I would say. I, um, but I would do want to keep watching. These. I thought this one was just gorgeous. Betty, Betty Davis. Betty Davis. Uh, sort of, she's like an older theater yep. actress. This young 
girl mm-hmm. sort of idolizes her, mm-hmm. sort of. Is it kind of like the Star Is Born kind of like? Uh, she sort of story, sort of kind of um, boogie nights actually. Like yeah, yeah. this young one sort of surpasses her, and yeah. it's like a power thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's more complicated than that. But oh, that's the crux of it. It's yeah. just I I freaking loved it. I loved it so much. Yeah, it won and a I bunch of awards for the year. You of should watch if you're like looking to get into old films. You're not sure which ones to watch. Personally, I think this one was super enjoyable and worth watching. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up, we got 2001, 2001 which we spoke about Odyssey. last week. Not so sort of super enjoyable, but... For the significance yeah. of the film itself, yes, I can see why it's on this list of top 100. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Citizen Kane. We spoke about... Which I think definitely, yep, it should have been in the top 10, mm-hmm. which it is. We I got think The Godfather. The Godfather, which, which you don't everyone love, knows the Godfather. but everyone knows it. Look, it's not Part my thing. Part 2 is on this list as well. It is, and I have not seen it yet. i got other things to watch first. Apparently Part 2 is quite good as well. Because um, I also haven't seen it. And then the last one I've seen I like got. like one and three. Mm, <laughs> don't okay. ask. Don't uh, ask. It's Psycho, 1960. <laughs> Janet yeah. Lee. Watched this in high school. Loved it. I watched it this week. How'd you find it? Awesome. Yeah. Phenomenal. I thought the acting from Norman Bates's actor, I can't, uh, I didn't get his name. I didn't write it down. But he, it was something that wasn't seen from watching a couple of films from around the same era, around the same time. To have, like, the male lead character play that in such a way that was, like, awkward, quirky, um, you know, like, shy. Yeah. It wasn't done The fact that, that about often. halfway through that movie it flips on its head. Well, that too, the plot twist of, you know, what happens and it kind of becomes about him rather than um, Janet Lee's character. Just, yeah, no, the juxtaposition between him and the character of Sam Loomis, the actual boyfriend who investigates what's going on a little bit further. Because he's very much like, you know, you're Humphrey Bogart and it's like tells like the sister what to do and stuff while they're still looking at what's going on in that. Yeah, I just thought like he played the character of Norman Bates so well because it was so interesting to watch him try and cover up the mystery of what was going on. It's definitely one if you haven't seen it, and I know we keep saying this, but if you haven't, watch it. Well, Psycho is the number one spot on this yeah. list of the top 100. And it is number there's one. There's a reason. I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it for a minute. Yeah, it's on Binge. I That's where I... No, don't you didn't I? let me Maybe I don't it. own it. No. Maybe I've been meaning to buy it and never have. No, I watched this on, on the oh. streaming service. Well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, it is... It's at Alfred Hitchcock, which I caught him in one scene. Really? He puts himself in the scene where she walks into the bank she works at, where she kind of gets the money. He's standing outside the door, but the door's framed where it's like looking at the footpath and he's just standing there and he does the look back into the well, as she walks in. I'm like, that's him. That's Alfred Hitchcock right there. I need to rewatch it, um, which is common about most films, honestly. Yeah. But this is kind of our list. There's yeah. a ton we haven't seen. Well, like you said, you've only seen 50. Mm-hmm. And this is probably all of them just then, about 50 roughly. Yeah. There's another 50 that we collectively need to watch and, you know, dissect and enjoy as cinephiles that we are. And I really want to get into them. So as I watch them, I'll let you guys know whether they're worth it or not worth it, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many I'm going to watch this year, but I do want to get through a fair we'll few more. We'll definitely mention if they're on the list yeah. as we watch them. Like, oh, that one's for also from the list, you know, just yeah. to add in from the top 100 as and well. And if there's some that we haven't seen that are on the list that you look into and you think we should watch, please, yeah, please let us know. watched, absolutely. I will probably try to put the list link in the description yeah. if I can. If not, I'll post it I haven't it tried to do a link on yet, like, but yeah. Just so you can have access to it. Yeah. And we'll go from there, but that should wrap up our episode. That's pretty much it. It's been a long one. It's been a long one. Thanks you for sticking through it if you did. Yeah, please do. And um, as always, keep watching films, keep enjoying them. Mm. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, 
threads and TikTok at binge lists or email us at binge lists at, and box office hits at gmail.com. That is it. That, that is, is an it. end of another episode. And I want to thank you so much for listening and we'll see you all next week. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks.